ball. Got a shot at the plate. Here's the relay. Valentin in time. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Oh, yes, indeed. We have made it all the way to the finale. I am Caleb. He is Paul. We have spent and now sold Cousin Sal's bankroll. And Paul, fresh off the plane from the National. On our preview, I mentioned that this was going to be the mega event in the history of the universe. And, well, it was. It really was. It, it, it was beyond my expectations, to be honest with you. Uh, the amount of volume of cards was insane. The amount of people that were carrying around cases, um, backpacks, um, from nine years old to 90. It was, it was crazy. It was, you could have bought replica rings to um, art, to albums, to uh, pictures of anything, anything and anything in entertainment and art and sports put together Mattel figures. It, it, it was just insane. And, you know, Caleb and I, you know, we tried <laughs> diligently for four days to walk around. And even Sunday, we really tried because we knew a lot of guys were going to be clearing out on Sunday to try to go down every aisle. And we tried to hit everybody we could. And I, I feel like we still missed some, but um, we did make our rounds towards the end. And I feel like we still missed a lot. It was just truly just, I think we were just sort of, I don't even know how to say it. It was almost like we just walked a, a, a Bo Derek in 10 walked by and you were just staring at the floor for a good two hours when you first walked in there. Look, so here's what we were up against, right? Um, it turns out that we didn't have a dealer's pass. We actually didn't have any passes, period. We bought, we bought general admission every day. We yeah. had two backpacks with $10,000 each worth of cards, and we knew that for us to sell, I mean, look, you can try to sell to a dealer over the table, but everybody knows that's not going to be a good deal. The mm-hmm. dealer is going to give you dealer prices to sell it to a buyer. So we had two nights. We had trade night, which is a famous night in the hobby, on opening night. Jimmy yeah. from Kentucky's Roadshow Shop and Ryan from Card Collector 2, they set it up. We knew we had to do our damage on, on that Thursday. And, and that's where it all began. So yeah. let's start with uh, the rush of, what was it, 4,000 people in that trade night in the ballroom. Yeah, 4,000 people in the ballroom. P.J. Washington was signing autographs uh, that night um for the public to come in for the people that were invited in so it began so now we were able to put out all of our cards on on the table um and it went from 12 year olds i i bought, like i said this I, I i think i made probably 90 uh let's say not 90 yeah about 80 percent of my sales to to kids that were 21 or under so i remember our the first sale was we had the lamella balls um we had those out, and I remember we had 10 of them that you and I bulked by, um, and we had, I want to say, around 30 with shipping and everything, about 30 to $35 into each of them, and the guy offered us 750 for all 10 of them. That was our first sale um, that night. Took all 10, and I was like, okay, all right, we, we can get this rolling now here. Let's see what, let's see what happens next, and then it just – it kept going and going. And, um, it, it, that was an interesting night. And that was more of people sort of looking at the cards and then going, okay, I like this one. I like this one. And then I spotted the guy with the Jimmy Butler Jersey and me and him struck up the conversation for all my Jimmy Butlers. And by the end of the night, he kept coming back and forth. And I had the stained glass, Jimmy Butler, I had the prism, Jimmy Butler. And I just said, Hey man, let's throw them all in there because we were not telling people that 
we were a part of a show. We were, you know, uh, we were we were telling people, listen, part of our, card wars the podcast. If you listen to the part, we, we weren't trying to tell people, hey, listen, we're trying to get into a certain mark. We're just trying to sell the cars. We knew in the back of our head, at least I was trying in my, my back of my head. I knew what I was trying to get to. So I was trying to, if I was going to sell my high end Jimmy Butler's, I had to dump my low end Jimmy Butler's. You know what I mean? And you, you I know you had to do the same thing on some of your cards too, because. That was the only way we were able to be able to sell all of our cards. You know what I mean? Well, you kind of got lucky on the Jimmy Butler, right? Because the stock had gone down, first round exit. You had a pretty big chunk of Jimmy Butler, and then it just turns out that the guy setting up here for uh, the show had the Jimmy Butler on. So, so the the Lamellos again. We knew that. First of all, I mean, HJ made this thing go. They did. Yeah, yeah. Because if we go to the show with a backpack of raw cards, we were all but dead men walking. Every card basically for sale on a showcase was graded. It so was. you can't roll, even if it's good raw stuff, you cannot go with the competition there with raw cards. So the fact that we partnered with HGA and, and we went there with their slabs, like the Lamellos. Lamellos were 25. They got nine and a half. We sold in bulk, 10 of them. So from like 25 or 30 up to 75. And that really got the night started. Yeah. You had the Jimmy Butler sale and I was a little bit apprehensive. You know, we got, we got a lot of a product in our backpack and I have told everybody that I'm not really a salesman at my core, but one of the first things that got my ball rolling on my side of the table was we put it up for the card of the day was the four Fernando Tatis rainbows. So it's his rookie year, but it's not his true rookie where it's sideways and he's throwing the ball across the diamond. It's an yeah. up and down card. He's got the lumber. And I bought four of those for 62 fifties when they come out to in a lot. Right. So one guy immediately, what do you want for the Tatis? I'm at 200 come down for 175. We get the deal done for 175. Then the next guy to him, sitting next to him, he said, well, what do you want for the other three? <laughs> I was like, make me a deal. He's like, all right, let's go. How about 150 a pot for the other three? So just like that, those four Tatis sold. 62 is what I had into them. Three of them went for 150. One went for 175. And that was the sale and the point early in the show. I'm like, you know what? They, they want these products. We can do this thing. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, listen, him and Ball were like, I, I wish we had a million Tatis and a million Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s the mistake that we made was basketball was ended. And so we took a hit. I took a hit on my Trey Young's and I took a hit on my LeBron's. I basically bought a thousand dollars in Trey Young's um, and lost. I, I, I broke about even about, about 1100. It was about even with tax and everything. And I lost on my LeBron's, um, you know, that night's at Columbus. If you go back on our Instagram live, I cracked that one. It was $600. Um, it did not get a good grading because it was off centered. I ended up selling it for 150, but it ended up being a profit because the box was 130, <laughs> if you remember correctly. Yeah. So, um, but at the time, I probably could have got four or five hundred for it. But who knew that LeBron was going to get knocked out of the playoffs and this and that? His cards were not going, and I heavy loaded LeBron early um, when we first started Card Wars, and I ate my lunch. I ate my lunch on LeBron's. I, lo- I lost lost some money because I bought a lot of prisms. I thought all the call for cards would work, and they're just not. The high-end LeBrons are what people are looking for. They're not really looking for the insert ones unless it's really rare, one-on-one, um, you know, one out of five, something like that. So, you know, lesson learned. Um, you know, you didn't, I didn't really get crushed because he's still LeBron James, but I thought I was going to do better on the LeBrons, and I had to dump those late, to be honest with you. I dumped those late in the deal um, with my Jalen Browns. Yeah, and like I said, you know, the season was going mostly through basketball season. But, of course, the point we were going to was at the end of the finals. And, uh, you know, the, my Devin Booker's, I thought, still sold well. That was, again, on the first yeah. night of trade night. 
Yeah. Remember, so remember when I, I was I was going to get this Devin Booker gold hoops, which I thought was a 10. And I just I set the alarm wrong on my phone. Yeah. And then I was on tilt and I went back and bought one for a similar price. Well, I got a gold autograph and I got a 9.0, very beautiful card. And it ended up being I think it was just a shade over 200. 202, I think was the end. And I got that one sold for 375. Yeah. And then I had two other ones. One was a card of the day that cracked ice, which I had to explain to people. It was a hobby shop exclusive. That one got a 9.0 and then the clear vision. So those two yeah. I had basically like 110 in and I ended up getting like 200, you know, yeah. so, so double the profit with the HGA slaps. But after Devin Booker, you know, I had some good wins along the way, but really my biggest loss was I got crushed on Kevin Durant. And yeah, which was we, crazy. We were so close to Kevin Durant. We got a game seven buzzer beater. They're in overtime to try to beat the Bucks, And I feel like everybody's talking about him being the best scorer of all time and appeared to LeBron. And right when the Nets got out, even with the Olympic success, I couldn't I couldn't get anybody to buy on any of the Durants. They ended up fire selling no, at the end. Nobody nobody asked. I mean, no one even looked at him towards the end when we had to fire sale him. And that was weird. People were asking for Booker. I sold both my Bookers. I had like a little cheap one. I remember, I forget what it was. I didn't pay much. I only had one. I think it was a Panini Select, if I'm not mistaken. I sold that for, uh, I think I, I doubled my price on that. I'm looking down. Um, uh, the other guy too, Caleb, Luca. Yep. Not a lot of people were really asking for Luca. So I probably made a tiny bit on Luca. I, I, like, and I spent, you know, the one I, the big one that I bought is rookie card. It graded a nine. I, I paid two fifty for it. I got two eighty. Um, so basically, I broke even with because of the shipping and stuff. All my other ones, the essentials, the threads, the panini threads, all those other ones, um, I basically made a, a little bit on because of the slabs. They, those came out nine point The nine point five MVP got me out a little bit. Um, I was able to get one hundred fifty for that, but. You know, the Lucas, I uh, was probably in around seven, 800, and I probably only got around 900, which I thought he was a guy that was going to be asked for a lot. I think um, Booker was asked for a lot out of basketball uh, of the guys, obviously the rare cards. Um, and I'm trying to think of other guys in basketball. Jaw was okay. I, mean, I, did, Jaw, well, I did well on my Jaw, red, white, and blue with yeah, the American J flag up there. Made good yeah. profit on the one I bought at Jimmy's. Yeah, J Jaw was going good. Um, he was able to get the kaboom. Um, and that was cool. Um, the jock boom, um, people kept asking about it, asking oh, about oh, it. Oh, oh, let me pause, let me, let me pause the break. So we both allowed ourselves to enter one extra car. We'd already spent the 10,000 and they were in grading, right? But we both entered one solid card that we wanted to help add to our total. We made an agreement on it. So first of all, tell us yeah. how you acquired the jock boom. I won it in a poker game. Uh, guys, guys couldn't come up with the money. They asked me what card they wanted and I, um, that they wanted me to pick out. So I picked out the junk of boom. So now I, it's listed on the comps are about a thousand on it. Um, but it graded a nine. Um, so people were looking at it all weekend, all weekend. Uh, I, um, the comps actually were like 1300 to a thousand, something in that area. So I was asking a thousand at first, 900. And then um, a guy, guy kept coming by, walking by. And again, it was a Marlin fan. And he recognized me. Um, and he was in a wheelchair. And he walked by. And then he came back again. And he kept looking at his man. He's that car is beautiful. And he kept asking, saying the slab was beautiful, too. I said, you know what, man? You got 850 You can have the card. And he pulled out $850, gave it to me, took a picture with him. I uh, signed a card. Uh, genius idea by you. Um, that was fun, too, because 
Caleb bought a hundred of my cards. Some people recognize me. Well, actually, a lot of people recognize me. So I signed a ton of cards. You bought a hundred on on um, eBay for like a hundred bucks. And every time we somebody made a trade or a buy, um, I, I sold. And there was a lot of Marlins fans there. We actually made some sales to Marlins people, and um, that was probably the one. It still gives me chills. Uh, he was a really good kid, um, and it was just a great moment. And I'm glad I sold the card to him. To be honest with you. Yeah, and then going back to the original trade night, we'll get to the timeline here in a second so people can kind of get an idea of how this weekend developed. But that first trade night, this little kid comes by, cutest kid ever, like a 10-year-old, his hair slicked over his dad, and he's got a <laughs> Matisse Thiebel shirt on. And if you remember, I bought I bought one Matisse Thiebel, a Prism Silver, PSA 9, for like 25 bucks, And he had a Thiebel jersey on? And I started leafing through it. And I'm like, I'm not going to bop somebody over the head to try to get $30. Yeah. I'm like, hey, hey, brother, I'm like, you, you got to have this one. I'm like, what do you like about Matisse Thiebel? He's like, well, he plays great defense, and he had a vlog when he was in the bubble. I'm like, you, I'm like, you dude, you're the man. And then you wanted to cut a deal on the Embiid that you pulled at Jimmy's. Yeah, so listen, I added a Joel Embiid. I pulled at Jimmy's out of a $250 pack, but it, it was it was beat up a little bit. It had bad corners. I think I got like an 8.5, and it was HGA was right right on. Um, it wasn't really beat up. 8.5 is still okay. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to get my $250 back. I knew it was going to be like 100 150 and he was bartering with you, going with you, and I just threw him the card. I said, here, 150 for this card. And he comped it, and he saw that it was a $270 card. But I'm like, listen, it's not in great condition, but you can have it for Joel Embiid. And then he came right back at me for 100 and a quarter. And like, I said, okay, you can have it for 100 and a quarter. I knew I was going to take a loss on that card, but here's the deal. We knew that we had to dump our cards, so you had to take some losses on cards that didn't grade well. We upgraded the ones that were 9.5. But we sold them that car for, nine, uh, for 125 I threw it in there. We ended up seeing them all three days, actually. Um, and he had some monster cards, that kid. So, yeah, I got rid of the Embiid because I knew I was going to have trouble to get rid of it because it, it had it, – the, the edges aren't, weren't that good. It was still a great-looking card. So he got a good card for a good price, uh, probably more for his collection, something that he won't. But he was awesome for his age. He was sharp. And like I said – I made more deals with kids under 21, probably kids under 15. It was unbelievable how sharp um, the young kids and, and young women, too. Um, one woman came by, and she was looking for Lucas, and she came by, and she was she had a pouch, and she was pulling money out for Lucas. I didn't have the one that she wanted. She bought the one the, the table over. Um, there were there's people there that were very, very sharp, knew exactly what they wanted. You know what I mean? You were just in awe of these, of especially the younger kids that were doing deals. How about this on the first trade night? This kid comes up to me. He's like, what would you want for that Josh Allen 9? It's a Donner's 9, good-looking card, Mint 9. Well, on eBay, they're 102 97 104 101 They're $100. Yeah. So I said, well, you know, they're going for just under $100. I'm like, I, I'd, go, I'd go 80 on it for you. He goes, hmm, thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's go 75 on it. <laughs> he goes, hmm. would you take 65? I'm like, <laughs> well, now I'm on the hook. I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's do it for 65. Then the kid pulls three twenties out of his pocket. He goes, well, actually I've only got 60. I'm like, well, he's like, would you want one of my cards in the stack? I'm like, let me see him. So he had a bunch of raw cards. Oh, that's great. I threw in a uh, Cabrian Hayes tops paper and we got it done for 60 plus a Cabrian Hayes. And I'm like, this kid literally come over and fleeced me here about five minutes. Well, and same thing with me. So like this kid starts grabbing some of the LeBron, some of this, some of that. (laughs) I don't remember if you remember. So he picks out whatever we come to like, $300 $300 in cards, okay? But he kept on saying, I go 75 for that, 75 for that, 75 for that. So he's like, oh, 60 for this one, 65. I'm like, bro, 
He was like 15. I'm like, I said 75. And he's like, okay, like 65 for this one. I'm like, all right, all right, stop. Stop with the nonsense. Okay. 250 for all the cards. And then he's like, well, this one too. And I'm like, okay, so 300. He's like, well, you said this one was 65. I'm like, yeah, 250 plus 65 is 315. I'm giving you a deal. He's like, oh, (laughs) so then he pulls out, he's got $210 in his pocket. So now I'm like, okay, you got Venmo. He's like, well, my, my phone's dead. Great. Right. I'm like, well, go charge your phone, man. And I'm like, <laughs> so literally he goes and charges his phone, comes back. I said, leave the cards here. This and that came back. He Venmoed me $90 or paid me. I think it was, or whatever it was $90. And then gave me two ten cash and he took the card. So yeah, listen, they're trying to get any kind of deal they can. Uh, but like at some point you and I, like, like, again, I saw a lot of me because that was me when I was, 15 years old trying to work deals but at some point you got to put an end to it because the cards worth what the card is when you give a deal i always say i was saying to everybody i was trying to sell obviously to hit our goal or hit my goal or thought what i could get you know what i mean but i also wanted to make it where they can make money on the card i wasn't trying to gouge because here's the deal you weren't going to sell cards at the comp price so when people were comp and i was like oh comps for 150 we'll take 100 so that's the way it was working. It was not going like right at the comp. So you had to lower your prices a tiny bit or the people were not buying. Yeah. And like towards the end of the first trade night, uh, a guy come by, I think, I think that he had a shop and he, he picked out like four or five pretty decent cards along the way. He's like, what do you got on these? So I did some quick math. He had a Lewis Robert in there, refractor 10 and this. And I'm like, I'm like, mm, mm, let's go. Let's have about 725. You know, I kind of come up a little high on it, I guess, but good number to start with. He's like, he's like, I got 600 on him. Well, let's go. Let's go six fifty. He's like, ah, got six hundred. I'm like, let's go six twenty five. And like with a straight look in his eye, he's like, it's six hundred. And I'm like, man, like the, the, they were starting to fold up the chairs. I'm like, yeah, I, I know, let's, right? Let's get this done for six hundred. So, so uh, the, the bartering skills between people is funny. But he, so here's the deal: we got our first trade night in. We did well, but we're not. We haven't sold the ten thousand stack yet. No. And and the pressure's kind of on because we're not taking these to the floor to sell to the dealers and. At the time, we didn't really even know like where the other trade night well, was. Well, we, we, yeah, well, the thing was is Caleb and I. Okay, we're we're staying in separate rooms, and so we were not we were keeping our totals away from each other. But it was crazy because you had people paying you cash. A lot of people actually wanted to pay PayPal and Venmo. Let's be honest. I mean, I think I ran into that too, right? You did too, mm-hmm. right, Caleb, with the with the PayPal because I remember I was going back. So I had known what I hit on mine. I'm like, okay, I did okay on the first trade night. Um, but we still got a long ways to go. And and I remember I asked you, I'm like, how'd you do? And you you said something to me like, no, it was a good start, but I was <laughs> got a long way to go. We remember saying that the same night. So then we hit we hit the floor. But but the the good thing about it now was we we hit we got some connections. People yeah. recognized me at the first trade night. I signed some cards. Now we had some people like about 40 to 50 people on Instagram follow us. Now we got people on Instagram DMing us, hey, where are you guys at? So now we got the ball rolling a little bit, so we hit the floor. Now on Friday, we got some connections of some guys that we've seen, basically. And really, the clutch night and the highlight of the whole show was Saturday. So we're on the floor yeah. day three, and they're like, hey, we got a, there's a big trade night going at Lowe's Hotel. They'll let you go pretty much all night. The first trade night was a good long block, four hours. But well, here's days. the thing. I would say the first trade night was more of a trade night. Mm-hmm. Like, people wanted to trade more than they wanted to buy. Where this was Saturday night, knowing that people 
Sunday, they said, listen, Saturday night at Lowe's, is, it's spelled the same as the department store, but it's a hotel in Chicago, very nice hotel. Saturday night's where people are going to buy when they made all their money and go out of town. So we made that. We knew we were going to be there, and we got there at 8 o'clock, and yeah, we were there till 2 in the morning, basically. That's basically what it was. So let's set it up with them. We got our backpacks. We got some selling to do, and we get there, and the foyer, this long hallway, is packed. But yes. everybody's kind of got their small tables. Some are higher without chairs and this. Well, we go to the back, and now we're scrambling. Hold on, hold on a second. First of all, we get to the front, and it's like straight panic. We got a guy coming out, um, recognizes me, and says, dude, you got a ton of followers. Can you please tweet out everybody that's trading at Lowe's, go to the back. And I'm like, what's going on? The fire marshal's about to shut this down. If we don't move the bank, go move this to the banquet room. That's how many people were in the room. And this was that about... Eight or eight fifteen, right, Caleb? Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So now we ran to the back. So go ahead. So we, me and Paul, run to the back. Now we got to <laughs> find and secure a spot and a table. So there's a few spots left. And then we go to this ballroom, and there weren't any like smaller tables, but they had like the huge circular ones that were like yeah. upside, and they were like laying face in the wall. So we grab one of these things, roll it out there, this big old wheel, set it up. We put our cards down. One of the first things I told you was, I don't like the light here. I looked over yeah, the light. The light was hitting everybody else's table better, and our cards weren't shining. I'm like, we need to move the table. We pick up the table, move it. We get it right under a lamp, and now all of our silvers and prisms are glowing. And the funny thing is, you know, I had the idea of, I'm like, we thought about maybe making like authentication cards for card wars of this. If I'm like, I'm just going to buy a hundred set of Laduca. And people that know Paul, he ain't going to go around telling people stories about baseball or this unless they ask him. But man, right, right when they caught wind that Laduca was in the house, and we got a. We asked around the room. We got a perfect blue Sharpie, brand new Dodger and Met Blue. And once the uh, once the cards and autographs and stories started coming out, we started rolling there at Lowe's, and we needed it. Well, yeah, we needed it. That was big. I mean, we rolled out all the cards on the table, and we just put out a sign that like, basically everything's for sale. Um, then a couple of Marlins people recognized us. They had a shop um, in, in Boca Raton, if I'm not mistaken. It's right by Goldstream Park, Caleb. I remember you telling me. Um, and... They bought a couple cards and, and then uh, an autograph. I actually um, was talking to another guy. He was a Dodger fan. He came by. So got the ball rolling that I was in there. And then next thing you know, we started selling the cards. I sold my LeBron uh, Flair USA card immediately to one guy, the, the 9.5 Beckett. Um, it, it had gone down, but I still got 250 for that. Um, and then guys started like buying volume. One guy even came up to you and asked for Ian Anderson. And yep, somebody, right. I, I was like, what, what is going on here? Kill about these Ian Andersons like early and you sold them. You, you were going to say, you even told me, you're like, I'm going to end up having to give these away or give these away. And this guy shows up and you look right at me. He's like, this guy loves this Ian Anderson. And I'm like, no way you're going to sell these Ian Andersons. So, so I bought like 30 Ian Andersons. This is what I love doing, buying bowl for super cheap. I bought like 30 Ian Andersons that were somebody fresh broke out of like case after case of new tops. They're rookies. They're all perfect out of the case. And I got 30 of them for basically $30, right? And then the kick, what do you have? Ian Anderson? So I told him, like, man, to take this stack. So I sold him the 30 for 90 bucks. I turned a dollar into three 30 times over. Small win, but kind of it was fun to do. I said, what do you like about Ian Anderson? <laughs> and he's, got, he's, got, he's got a dirty pitch set. I'm like, bro, yeah. you see the same thing. But speaking of pitchers, so you told me you won the Jockaboom at a poker game and you were going to put it into Card Wars. And I'm yeah. like, well, all right, well, I'm going to put one extra one in. And just in time, I got my PSA return back from like a year waiting. One of them, which I had no emotional attachment to, which I bought – 
I'm going to say about 10 years ago in a little rookie box was a Clayton Kershaw rookie. It was five bucks, five beans. And it turns out it was the tops update. I sent it in and it got a 10. I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to put the kaboom in, I'm going to put the, the Kershaw in and we'll call yeah. it fair. So, well, we, 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 we both valued it like, okay, we're, we're both around 800, 850. Mm-hmm. We're both going to value it at the same card. That's what we were going to take for it, basically. So this guy comes up, uh, Cardi C Sports on Instagram. <laughs> it's a great name. But so Cardi C comes up and he's like, what do you got? What do you have in this Kershaw? And I told him straight up because I was thinking about selling it to a dealer. I said, look, these comps, they've been up to 1,200 at, at one point. I'm like, these comps right now are 975. I'm going to go 800 flat. And he didn't barter. He'd been following the car. He's like, hmm. He's like, let me, uh, he's like, let me, let me, let me get this. He's like, would you take PayPal? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. He's like, all right. So he pulls his PayPal out. He didn't barter it. He knew that 800 was a good price. So yeah. then he can't get Wi-Fi. He's like, let me, let me go out in the lobby. I said, here, I'll turn it down. I'll, I'll hold it for you. So he comes back and he's got like the green thing that the PayPal went through. He's like, look, man, I'm going to pay you in PayPal so I can bring some cash home to my wife. But he <laughs> probably see the, the $800 deal on a Kershaw. And again, that's what sports cards could do. I know that was a 10-year process. And that was a PSA grade of 10. I yeah. bought that thing for $5 out of a two-row box, got the deal done for 800 and he got a deal. I said, brother, if you – he was collecting flagship tops 10. Yeah, he, he was. He had the Scherzer. Yeah. He had the Verlander. He was, he was, he was old the, school, yeah. yeah. That was what he needed was the Kershaw. No. No, it's true. That was a great sale. He had a big smile on his face. He was so happy. He said he'd been looking for that card forever. So that was a cool sale. Then I had my guy come up, and the Bird and, and Oscar Robinson, he loved both of them. Uh, I love the autograph. I had a lot of people looking at the Oscar uh, the first trade night. One, and that's, I, I actually turned it de- turned it over and, and kept it because the guy said he was going to come back. Never came back. I was I had it sold for two fifty exactly what I paid for because I knew it was out of a munch pack at Jimmy's for two fifty. So that's what I wanted for it. And the bird got a nine and a half, so I wanted to get more than that. So uh, a guy came up that night and I said, "Listen, I'll give him to you both for five hundred. So it was basically. I made 50 bucks on both of them. Cause I knew like you end up, no, end up realizing now they're cool cards. Right. Um, but they're more for you to collect the birds and like the, except Jordan, he's still moving forward, but those kind of cards of Oscar Robinson signed and this, that they're great cards and cool cards, but they're not really going up in value and they're tough to sell because they're not playing anymore, to be honest with you. And that's basically what Caleb and I learned, but I was able to dump those cards for 500. So I was okay with that. I actually, the bird, actually, when it went to an HGA slab, I actually wanted to keep it for myself. It looks so beautiful. Um, um, but it sold that. I'm trying to look what else I sold. Oh, the two Acunas that you and I had back-to-back. Um, I sold mine for 300 and I know you sold yours for a little bit more because mine was more in a package deal. What did you end up selling yours for? 325 and we yeah, did the deal like at the license show. It was 150 a pop. So yeah, something like that. HGA, yeah. HGA put great slabs. HGA, when people were coming up, number one, the people with, with hybrid grading approach, number one was they liked the weight of the slabs. Like in a way, I hate yeah. to say it, but like the, the PSA slabs are looking a little puny these days compared to the HGA. They like the subgrades. Of course, they like the fact that they have uh, the the customized labels. That's the one thing the guy liked about your Jock Kaboom. They wrote out Kaboom on the label. Yeah, which yeah. Sweet. So, and I also was, was interested in the fact that a lot of people had already said that they had submitted through HGA. And when we were hanging with these guys, I knew they were relatively new, Paul. We started in February. Unbelievable. February. And they've got this type of tracking and a booth at the Nationals and pe- selling cards on eBay for a thousand plus. February. I'm telling you people, hybrid grading approach. We spotted them. Like we talked about this before we ever tried to get in touch with them. Like, look, this is the new competitor. 
And I really, knowing the guys that work there, hearing about the owner, this was cool too. On our last line, I was asking one of the graders, I said, how do you spot a fake Jordan? He's like, oh, brother. And he pulls his phone. I said, let me show you one of the best fakes that came through. So he starts showing me the finite things that they look for, different colorations, this. And the one thing I remember that I love, on the back, you want to see the whites of the eyes on the bull. Wow, that's crazy. So him explaining and him showing me what was a good fake that got sent in, they still snuffed out. I mean, the grading on the approach is state-of-the-art. No, it really is. I mean, 60% basically uh, uh, hybrid. It's basically computerized. It's, it's surfaced. And then 40% human puts it in a slab. You can customize your slabs too. So, yeah, they did us a, a, a big favor by grading the cards for us and to get, get us to, to push. At least I was able to push over uh, my total and proud of it. I mean, because towards the end of the night, that night, I mean, I remember looking at you. And the crazy part is, is we were exhausted, but it was going by so quick. We were having so much fun. We were taking a ton of pictures. So now I'm stuck with all the Jalen Browns that I bought, a lot of Jalen Browns. A lot of LeBrons and and so you just start. I just started like raising them up. <laughs> like anybody want LeBrons? Anybody want Jalen Brown? So one guy can't had had come by for the Jalen Brown because the Jalen Brown had nine point five. The Prism I bought, and then the lot of a lot of Donruss I bought. I think I had there's eight of them in there of the Donruss that I bought, and then the in the Prism. So I ended up selling those for like three hundred, and then I got the rest of my LeBron, LeBrons. I dumped towards the end around three, 400. Um, and that was walking out. Obviously we'll get to the big cards, uh, the big sales that we made that like pushed us over or at least pushed me over. And that was the DeGrom card, the late purchase that I made. Well, you know, my, my big one was the Prism Silver set. And one yeah. thing I learned about sets is that, yeah, obviously they're fun to put together, but you yeah. gotta have the, the exact right buyer. So this set, you know, I had, I had 1600 in it. But again, I had to buy four more, including the LeBron. So then it actually ended up being 2100 to get the set that I wanted. Yeah. I was very happy with the grades. And on the first night, I had a guy that was really interested. First of all, everybody loved them, right? But, but loving them and paying for that. Yeah, it's a different story. So yeah. I had this guy that I took down his Instagram, and, and we were on the hook, and we were talking about 3300 right? Well, then he said he needed to sell product to get to that. And I was kind of waiting throughout the weekend, and, and then the, he said he wasn't going to be able to sell enough product. So now here we are at Lowe's Hotel. And it ended up going down for twenty five hundred, which yeah, you know, I I wanted and was hoping for better. Still solid profit, but yeah, but I you sold, that. but you sold it at like twelve thirty at night. It was getting right. towards the end of the night, like you could not wait any longer. Like the guy made you the offer, it was a little bit over, and I remember you like a tiny bit disappointed. But you're right, like people were picking up the LeBron. They wanted to buy the LeBron. They wanted yeah. to buy the Curry by themselves, and you're like. I can't, man. Then I got to sell the Tatum by itself. I'm like, and and we saw a lot of people that had sets on the thing. Yep. And it was like, they just can't sell sets of sets. People want certain people. They don't want the other people as a set. It's weird. I, I, I thought you had so many people on that hook and so many people loved it. But like you got put in a corner because it was just late at night. If we would have had an extra day, I think you might have been able, if that guy would have sold product, you never know. You know, it's the same thing with my DeGrom card. What ended up happening was, is I found a guy who it was a giant Mets fan. He was a dealer there, and I he looked at it. Um, he loved the card, and he's like, "Listen, I I, it, I got it for." I showed him the comp for thirty five hundred. I said, "Listen, this and that." He goes, "What are you looking for?" I said, "I'm looking for about three for it." You know, this and that. because 
it was the first day of the show or the second day of the show, if, if I'm not mistaken. And he was, he knew I was, he was, I signed him a card, took a picture with me, this and that. He goes, Hey, if you haven't sold that thing by the end, come by the booth, I'll give you 2,500. So we went through <laughs> trade nights. We tried to partner both of both of the, the, the Grom cards together. And I mean, how many people looked at that thing, Caleb? Oh, I mean, yeah, like, they loved it. They loved it. And it was just like, this and that. And I knew I always had 2,500 in the pocket. So I was only 28, 29. I was trying everything I could and I just couldn't sell it. So then after trade night that night, I had DM. Well, actually at trade night that night, I DM'd him. I'm like, still for 2,500 the next day because uh, like, I don't want to be stuck with this thing because I'll be down low. And he said, yeah, so bring it by the booth. So that was my last sell was I sold the ground for 2,500, but the slab made it um, because I bought it for 600. They got a 9.5 um, on HGA. They put the orange and blue on it. I got 2,500, which is still a great profit. And he, and then he, this way he can turn it over probably for 3,500 very, very easily, especially the problem with it was everybody kept on saying he's not pitching. If the, if the Grom would have been pitching right now and not on the DL, I could have got 4,000 for that card easily. I, I think I really truly could have, but since he was not pitching, that hurt me. It really did. And a few other things, you know, we're talking about our highlights, but again, some of the lowlights were, I mentioned that I just, I can't believe how hot Durant was a month ago and how nobody wanted to Durant. I yeah. had like three, three nice looking Brady's. Yeah. The, like the high goat. Market. Oh, that's the other guy. Brady did not. Yeah. I gave away my Brady's and nobody was other- asking for Brady. And I, I put together a lot of these USA things, some USA silvers and Moses. That'd be kind of fun around the Olympics. People were not really buying at no. all on the, on the uh, USA Olympic stuff. So, I mean, I, I think, Looking forward to next, you know, if you go to the Nationals again next year for the people out there listening, you know, you got to get into football. Like last year, yeah, last year, National, everybody's talking about Kyler and whoever's hot hot in baseball killed. You're right, you're totally right. Otani was on fire, let's be honest. There, there was some basketball fatigue because it's a long season, but number one, basketball is so expensive, so people are extra fatigued that they've been paying these high prices for these Luca Trey, this, whatever. Another one, another one that I realized too, everybody wanted a Herbert, okay. So here's the thing, is that people want, obviously, potential over accomplishments. If people wanted accomplishments, I would have got a better price for my sick-looking yeah. green cracked ice Giannis. I he know. He 50, won the title, but, like, people weren't trading Giannis. No, or Zion. No. And that was the other thing for me. That was a wash. I bought that card over that sticker from Asia. It came over, and it was a dead card. It ended up being a bad card. Sometimes you got to eat a card on the Internet. I ate that card. It came back. Um, it was ungradable. So I had to wash that card and that stunk because it looked great on the internet. And then when it turned over, it was completely dead. So lost a couple cards. There was like two cards that were ungradable. I think I had another Luca that had a bad print line on it. That was ungradable that sometimes you can't see, um, with your eye, but the scanner sees it. So there was a couple cards I had to eat. I want to say like 150 to 175. Thank God they weren't deep like cards you had to eat, that, that I had to eat, but, that I never even that I never got. So, yeah, Zion was the other guy, it, and it's crazy to realize that that Ken Griffey Jr.'s eight nineteen eighty nine upper deck card is the most graded card. Zion's rookie wow. card just passed it. Um, it, it. When we were at the Nationals, I kept telling Caleb, I'm, uh, "I've never seen so many Zions in my life. Tens, nines, tens, nines, tens, nines. It was unbelievable." He's the most graded card. In in what one and in one and a half years in King Griffey Jr. nineteen eighty nine Zion passed him at the Nationals. That is insane, but he was not selling because everybody has him, 
and so like I guess he's a sit. It's very, it's a, he's, he's very, very interesting in Zion. Like his base rookie card is, it's not worth much, really. There's so many out there. Well, again, the market, the way the market goes, last Nationals, everybody wanted Kyler Murray. This year, no play. A year ago, everybody on Zion and LeBron. Yeah. So the, the, the cyclical nature, and it does remind you that if your guy's hot, like everybody in the entire room wanted Justin Herbert, by week 11, uh, if the Chargers are five and six, nobody is going to want an expensive Herbert. I know, but the crazy part is we're we went in there with our Jeters. Um, I went in there with my seven Larry Walkers, thinking I was going to sell the Larry Walkers for like fifty dollars each. I sold them for ten dollars a pop, more than the slabs, which is upsetting, you know. But what are you going to do? We thought, okay, Hall of Fame people were not buying Hall of Fame Larry Walker, even though he was signing at the show. The Jeters actually sold for. Right on the button. We basically made our money back on the Jeters. Jeters weren't really going crazy. Um, they were buying them, but they weren't going crazy. Um, I remember we, I sold one Jeter, I think, on the first trade night and the other Jeter on the second trade night. Something they, that peddled I, back. I they peddled back from the spring when we bought them. Projected for the 100%. So, like, the Baseball Hall of Fame guys, I guess the show needed to be a month more. Yeah, if we'd have known better, we would have brought Herbert, um, Joey B., uh, had interest. Mahomes obviously still has interest. Tua was not getting a lot of interest. And a lot of the new guys, Lawrence, Fields, not yet. I, a lot of people are waiting for their other cards to come out, not their college cards. But I, I was very surprised. Everybody came up, got Herbert, got Herbert. I'm like, man, if I, I wish I would have brought a zillion Herbert cards because you would you could have sold them all. You really could have. All right, so should we bring in Cousin Sal himself? We got to figure out the final totals. We've kept them to ourselves. We okay. were always on different sides of the table. We were close to each other mm. uh, on the table, but we we split our tables that we had at both trade nights that we went to down the middle, and, and we kept our totals. And then we've we've given them to our our producers Eddie and Joel, and I believe our man, our, one of our favorite Mets fans, right to pop in here. And I don't know if he's got like a, a flashy envelope or something to reveal this, but I'm telling you, man. What, what, what is this? What's going on? Here? Is this like the Emmys or the Oscars? <laughs> man. Um, so uh, another thing, too, is obviously the people you meet. I would put our over-under on interactions. How many people do we talk to? or do, even some Oh, brief, man. I would put the over-under at 1,000. Yeah, it was, it, it was cool. I got about 1,000 followers. Uh, unbelievable amount of card shops followed me. Um, Tyler Santiago, I got to give him a shout-out from Santiago Sports. He's a Yankee fan. His mom's a Mets fan. Love me. I had to take a picture with him. He's like, man, get over here. He was like a little upset. I had to take a picture with him for his mom because his mom was a Mets fan. ton of Dodger fans recognized me. And like I said, a lot of Marlins fans and made a ton of connections with a lot of people um, in the industry. Did not know I was in the cards. Phil Hughes had a booth there um, selling a ton of cards. Um, DJ Ski, Steve Aoki. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve Aoki put out a, uh, a tweet that he was buying Otani cards. He bought a big Otani card. I want to say a $20,000 Otani card. I want to keep the other guy anonymous because he wanted it to keep it anonymous. But I want to say Steve Aoki bought almost $80,000 worth of Otani cards and then was doing a show in Vegas on like Saturday or Sunday. He bought them on like Thursday or Friday from what I heard. So there was crazy people there um, that were selling cards. Jay-Z has a new grading company that we're not really fans of, but he had his stuff there. But there was replica rings. There was art. It was just so much stuff. There was, if you want anything in the trade and, and in the art industry world, music-wise, it was amazing. 
And there's also a thing of how much is your showcase worth and how much did you actually make? Like we saw, yeah. we saw the, uh, the Jordans, this, this guy turned down 30,000 cold, hard cash for his PSA nights that I want 35. The guy come by with cash. Yeah. He's like, here's 30. He said, no, it's 35. The guy had the 30 cash. They didn't do the deal. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, and the lady behind the booth is like, I think he doesn't want to sell the car. Guy brought over 30000 of hard cash. It was a nine PSA 9, um, Michael Jordan. Um, and he turned it down, and she goes, I think he just doesn't want to sell the card. I mean, and he didn't even barter back at thirty two five. Right. He just said, nope. And I'm like, it's pretty crazy, and it's hard to turn down 30000 in cash. I think Cousin Sal's uh, there. Let's bring a sell. Where are we at? Yeah, there we are. Yes. There we are. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sal, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm happy to see you guys alive. Really, if you would put odds on it, I would have bet that one or both of you wouldn't make it back alive. I mean, you were so, so into this. And I feel bad. I'm going to ask you the same questions that you probably just went over for the last half hour. But was it, did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel like you got, you could hang with these, these other, uh, these other boots or what, what, what was it like? I want to know all about it. I, I felt like we could hold our own because of the we were in slabs. So, Sal, if we take these cards raw without graded, we were dead. But we got them graded. Right. This is a new company on the rise. But um, yeah, I mean, there's uh, even even some of the the twenty year olds are rolling around there with Kobe's for twenty thousand. This so <laughs> wow. yeah, I mean, there's an overwhelming type aspect, and you feeling like your stack isn't as good as everybody else. But at the same time, I felt pretty good, Paulie, about what was in the backpack. No, we, we had like, listen, when you have over, ten, you have $10,000 in inventory that mm -hmm. you invested in and you're thinking, okay, you've got at least 15 because now it's been upgraded because of the slabs. And, but then you see like a 12 year old pulled that out a $5,000 card. It, it was overwhelming. <laughs> like I would say like 75% of the people were rolling around with five to 10 to 15 to $20,000 cards wow. in brief, in briefcases. Um, and just trying to sell them over the table, the guys in the table, had these one-of-one -one cars. And, I, and I've been doing this sale for a long time. You yeah. know, I, I grew up, but you know that I grew up with a car shop. Yeah. I, I had seen cards I had never seen before in my life, even like older cards. Like, and we saw a, a card, the first, one of the first cards we saw was uh, a Jimmy Kimmel card throwing out the first pitch of the Mets game. Oh, for right. 30 bucks, go on. Give me a yeah. tattoo over the G Jimmy Kimmel. Right? <laughs> $3.75 over it, no, it was signed by Jimmy. The guy wanted 40, uh, uh, like 140 bucks for it or something like that. Jimmy nah. signed it for him. Nah, yeah. no, no. Too much. Too much. <laughs> you guys have a regret going like now that you're back, you're like, oh, I should have bought that or I should have sold it for so-and-so. Again, I, you might have just gone over this, so I feel no, bad. No, I, I, I totally have a regret, Sal. I mean, yeah. people are buying off potential, and this is the time where – I mean, we had some quarterbacks, but if we could have just gotten all of like the people getting yeah. ready for training camp, quarterback, Herbert, Burrow uh, stuff. So, you know, we were doing it through the NBA season, and we made some good NBA sales. Booker was still high. We made some good NBA sales. But projecting forward to the hot baseball players and especially the football players, ready to take the gridiron, that, we could have done more of that. Yeah, you know what, Sal? It's almost like gambling. Mm -hmm. It really is to yeah. the point where I, I spent a lot on LeBron, and then they got all devalued when they got knocked out of the playoffs. I knew I was dead going in nationals. He was not really selling. So, um, and then I went in on Trey Young. I made a little bit on Trey, but his stuff dipped because basketball was a little bit dead. Besides Booker and a couple other guys, where Caleb and I didn't should have invested. You know, should have probably went after Herberts and and Joey B's and those guys because people are looking up towards the season. Um, more Justin Jefferson's. Actually, people were looking for Metcalf's 
and CD Lambs and Justin right. Jeffersons and stuff like that because they're projecting what they think. Actually, a lot of people were asking for Alvin Kamara's, which was crazy. So, um, yeah, I w- if we would have brought more football, yes, way more because if we because people are now buying because they're projecting towards football season. Yeah, that would have been one thing we would yeah, have done. Yeah, because I remember we looked at the calendar and it made sense to buy basketball players, right? And yeah, especially, yeah. I don't know, maybe now with the Olympics and everything, there's a different kind of element, but you, you think people are a little burnt on basketball and just looking ahead to football. Yeah. Eh, football's king. It's just, it's just tough yeah. to beat. It that really is true. Is. Yeah. That is true. Well, I understand you guys are both very nervous. Is this true that only babyface Joel Solomon and Eddie Spaghetti know the winner of this contest? I didn't tell Paul. This is very true. We flew out on separate flights too, <laughs> uh, separate rooms. Uh, we kept separate Venmos and separate PayPal. It was crazy. So, I mean, I, we did more. I did probably 80% of sales with kids under 21. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable through PayPal, Venmo. Uh, and then um, he, uh, Caleb came up with a genius thing. We were saying he came up with uh, 100 cards he bought on the internet and myself. So sweet people, when people started recognizing me, I started signing cards. And then that's when everything started flowing and people started coming to our table. So, yeah, we split our cards up and we kept everything separate. So, Caleb, you feel there was an unfair advantage for the the, the celebrity value that was now assigned to Paul, right? When you got there, right? Do you feel there was, oh, is that cheating? We had, this I- yeah. oh, we had this idea that we would come up with like these card wars type authentication deals and we never got around to Vistaprint. I'm like, you know what, let me go on eBay and get, see if there's a Leduc a lot. And somebody mm-hmm. was splitting up major league players at 100 a time, just base cards. I'm like, all right, I'll get the Leducas. And I'm telling you, we didn't really bust them out until the second trade night. And when I flipped those across the table and the Marlins fans come up and they got that beautiful blue yeah. Sharpie, I mean, then, then I could, I could tell he, I, 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 I knew I was leading through the first day. And then when the cards started coming out on that second night, I thought that, that he might be catching up. Really? Oh, so this is that close, huh? Oh, I'm very excited to hear this. And what, but before we get to it, though, I want to know, was it, could, could there have been easy thievery the way it was set up? Because it just well, seemed so massive, you know? Oh, that was the one. The, the second trade night was absolute chaos because mm-hmm. now we got all the slabs on the table. We basically have a sign that says selling everything mm-hmm. because we're basically going to sell everything. Right. And you got, you got, you're, you're on this big round table. So you got kids that are trying to slide this and that. And yeah. So the first day, so the first day, some guy tried to steal a car. That was great security. But on these trade nights, you're sitting there by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, you had to be careful and wonder what was going back, this and that. Right. So, yeah, Caleb and I were like this. The cars were here. The cars were here. But we we're trying to spread the stuff out. And we had the stuff separated. Right. And then guys were trying to make deals with his cards, with my cards. So we did make a couple of deals where we could smash them together. And then we would take a piece of each card and this and that. We did like one or two deals that way so we could, you know, sell most of the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I trusted everybody <clears throat> that came up to, to pick up the cards, right? A couple things I like about the card game is, number one, it's like American free enterprise at its best. Right. It's people with cash and product, and then you barter. And, this, and number two, which I love about cards, is that it's self-regulating. You know, there was a guy, some, some dude down in Miami, like some wannabe hedge fund investor that did like a pack rip, and he, he put in a Mike Trout, but it was a reprint. And everybody mm-hmm. on Instagram blasted this dude. And guess what? I have never heard from that guy again. They had um, a guy stole a one of one Luca at uh, the Dallas show. He got arrested. You'll never see him at a card show again. Hmm. And even like on Golden Auction, the, um, they, they've got people out there that know these LeBrons specifically. They'll know the number 41 out of 99, and they know that the patch got changed. There was a golden, there was a golden auction for a car that would have been a million. And one of my buddies from Wax Museum podcast told him, no, 
that card has been altered. I'm going to show you the picture from eight years ago. Sure enough, Golden took the thing down. Wow. So the, the, the self-regulating aspect of cards, everybody in there, I, I think, is a good egg. And the ones that aren't, they get snuffed out quickly. Yeah, yeah, because I was thinking it was like it's yeah, it's like the post office where they have like wanted pictures up, right? Like you kind of know who the scumbags are in you the do. injury. But I, I also like envisioning the tables and how easy it is to – I mean, we know Paul jumped through the ceiling and stole from that Kentucky shop a couple <laughs> months ago. Like, so, so, I mean, you guys are no strangers to this uh, this world, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a – like Caleb was saying, it's like a – it's a pretty cool world, like mm -hmm. as in when you make a deal, like guys are so like cool and this and that. And it's just – it was like – it was – I don't know. It was, it was actually very refreshing to make deals with a lot of people. And then people that, that, that were your fans too. And then didn't realize it like the, like one person, a lot of people have hit us up on Instagram. Didn't even realize it was me that they made a deal with or they sold cards with. So that night was insane. And then on the way out, when we were trying to fire sell everything on the way out, um, after I sold, um, I knew I had one card left, which was the the, the DeGrom, but I was telling on the podcast, I had the DeGrom sold to a guy in a med hat, on day one, but I was trying to sell it higher, but mm -hmm. I got to the ground sold on the last day. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to uh, keep everybody waiting here. This is the big moment. Now, how are we going to do this? Is, is Eddie spaghetti or, or baby face Joel? You're going to jump in here. Eddie, you have the numbers. I have, uh, I was given the numbers. I have the, the lucky <clears throat> envelope here with, uh, with okay. the results. So just uh, to reset, they were both given $10,000 in cash about 13 weeks ago. And I'm glad you guys convinced me that this should end in the, uh, the Nationals, because I, I don't know how else. I mean, it was really just that was the way to do it, right? The massive sell-off at the at the last weekend and uh, in front of all the big players. And now we're going to see this number you're going to read represents the I'm gonna, total in sales or for each. I yep. was yes, I was okay. given a, a total. Uh, only myself and and Joel knows, and then obviously <laughs> Caleb knows his total. Paul knows his total. Um, right. I I'll choose randomly. I will read. Caleb's total first. Okay. And then, uh, so here we go. Here it is. And the winner gets $2,500. This is exciting. This is exciting. Who's so, more nervous out of you two of you? I was definitely coming from behind. All right. So Caleb's total with a grand total of $12,240. 12240 a profit of... Uh, 12 to 22 percent then right pretty good yeah i think we almost got yeah almost got 25 percent. but here's the deal that was that was out of a backpack on two trade nights no dealer's license and i was feeling the pressure because right. I, I was not, i was not back to the 10 before we found the second uh, night at low so right. Lowe's hotel i was happy with it all right no don't make excuses now here we go here we go and now number here drum roll paul, do you pulled up paul oh paul you know your number so this is not a surprise okay eddie this is only a surprise to caleb and and me at this point. Yeah. Drum roll, please. And to find out who the winner is, I'll give you Paul's total, which is $13,080. Come on. Holy crap. That is really close. That is well, really, really close. I, I, knew, I knew I was at 10, and I knew I – so I got into the show the first day, and I had the DeGrom sold for $2,500. And – I was trying to sell it for more, bought it for 600 That was my late buy. And when you called out, when Caleb bought the DeGrom and you called out, I was looking, I had my eye on that DeGrom for so long and I bought it for $600. Mm -hmm. 
put it in the slab. I got a 9.5. Everybody was looking at it all weekend. And, and I was trying to sell it for more, actually, 3,500, 3,000. But I knew I had 2,500 in the bag. And I knew I was over 10,000 at that time. So I was figuring, I didn't know, because I knew Caleb had me buried on the first night. Mm-hmm. But when after people started recognizing me, yeah, I'll have to say him bringing out the cards sort of, he actually actually helped me get across the wire a little bit. But Caleb looks like he wants to commit a felony right now. <laughs> uh, no, here's the thing. I, I'm one to blame myself for having, once once those cards come out and then it was Jimbo, uh, star stock investor, you guys did a pretty big bulk deal on Saturday. I was kind of taking a goal because I knew I was leading the mm-hmm. whole time. But yeah. when you and Jimbo started doing a little. Yeah, stack, I, didn't, I, had, I had a one guy, uh, Jimbo, a card investor guy. He bought like a $2,800 stack to started stacking up cards. And mm-hmm. then the, the DeGrom, so, if you think about it, I made almost a seventy-three hundred dollar, uh, probably a seventy-three hundred dollar push, probably the last the from that trade night to that night, basically. So I had really? about what wow. I, I had about six about before that night. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm impressed with you guys. Honestly, I figured on getting like eight hundred dollars back between the two of you, <laughs> and, uh, and it worked out. You really busted your asses, and. Uh, Wow, Caleb is so upset. Look how he's trying to keep it all together. <laughs> I, was a, I was the minus one eighty favorite too, and I'm telling you, man, you I, are. I, like Paul, Paul's original buys, he looked like a total card rookie. I yeah. got to say, I'm like, he, he would be buying like back in April, like, mm, and then sure enough, man, you, he started learning the pop reports. Mm-hmm. Paul knows apps, right? So once once he learned the eBay app and the comps, and then you got onto the the, the Degrom, I think probably the, well, that the, pushed the me over. Yeah. I found that rare Degrom just by chance, and that pushed me over. I knew that that was the one whale card that I had, right. and Caleb, Caleb had that set. And well, how much did I beat you? But meanwhile, if that guy comes back for the, he had that set for thirty three hundred and had to settle for twenty five hundred at the end. If that guy would have come back with a 3,300, it might have been almost a tie. Wow. So, and like, Paul, you only got the DeGrom. Well, first of all, I was a pain in the ass. And I was like, someone get me a DeGrom. This is great. He's going to win the – No, no, here's the thing. Young is, for the next I, 15 years. Like, Caleb and I had it. We we had it from the beginning. We were each going to get a DeGrom before, but we weren't going to tell you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, so I had I was looking at that DeGrom for a while, for a while, for a while. And mm-hmm. It was up, it was up, it was up. And I finally go, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger and buy it. And I got lucky that it graded so great. So and it graded um, yeah. great, but it was it was announced that uh, not that I guess it mattered, but uh, it was announced that he would only come back in September. Was that during the show or a little before the show? Well, that hurt the card big time because yeah. everybody was looking at it and like people. I could have got four thousand for the card if he was pitching, but right. that that hurt because there there is one sold for thirty five hundred like a month earlier, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why I purchased the card. But since he wasn't pitching, I just couldn't get the money. If he had been pitching and dominating like he's take Jacob DeGrom, I would have got about 4000 for that card. But it's all about timing, you know? Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this, Al. There yeah. was the, my DeGrom. Okay, so I bought it for 197 right? And it got it was getting a lot of love. Now, I got this thing shipped from Hong Kong, right? I, it's the only time I've had to do like a DHL electronic <laughs> signature for the thing to drop. So right. people, people really like the card. But number one, I had a high premium on it because it got graded well, looked great in the slab, plus I had to pay all the shipping on top of it. So I really I really wasn't budging off my number. I've come down a little bit, and we couldn't get it done. So what, what did it, what was what Paul win by? $840. So what made the difference? But this, since nobody came up with a premium, this is going to be your memento here oh, for Card Wars. Oh, God bless you. Thank you. That's that's really good. All right, we'll get Paul to sign it, and uh, it'll double the value. <laughs> <There you laughs> no, I think we're going down in value. <laughs> Well, that's terrific. Um, Paul, is this better than playing in the All-Star game? I'll tell you what. It was exhausting. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And um, 
it was it really was it was it was it was just fun talking to a lot of young kids and know a lot more about baseball than you do. I was just amazed at how much these kids at fourteen and fifteen are rolling around with ten thousand dollars in their backpacks. It was pretty amazing. I mean, it, it opens up your eyes to a new world that everybody thinks Bitcoin is going crazy. This is this is up there. I'm telling you, there was hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar deals going down. It was insane. Speaking, speaking of the All Star Game too, everybody knows that Paul's the man of the people. Mm-hmm. But there was a picture. It was it was Jim Tomey, Chipper Jones, and Mike Piazza, and they were doing a signing at the Nationals. Paul had a, a very, I mean, four time All Star was on that level when they were playing. Meanwhile, Paul's sure. just yucking it up on the floor with these guys with man. a hat on and. People were catching well, that, wind of it, I, I'm not, I'm not, to get autographs from all Yeah, stars. I'm not in those guys' level, but there was R.A. Dickey. At least was better than him, right, Sal? <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another Sal Younger. Yeah, oh yeah. boy. Wow, that's, uh, well, that's terrific. And and the best part of this is now it's spurned a, a spinoff called uh, uh, Court Wars, where my lawyer goes against your lawyer to try to get this $25,000. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully that works out. <laughs> But you guys were great all year, and I appreciate it. And uh, I hope, wow, so we, you really did it. $2,500 to Paul Duca. You Now, you've discussed splitting it. I, I know there was like a little bit of uh, a deal. But, Paul, you're not you're not going to do that, right? That's all uh, yours. No, we, we, we decided that where we were going to probably, I'll probably give him 500 You know, we think, <laughs> that was our deal. We'll it'll do it'll a little bit. missed flight on the way back home yeah, from O'Hare. It, it, uh, yeah, it. it's like I canceled on the way home. So, yeah, that I told him. I gave him the 500. So yeah, but it was, it was a fun ride. Like we helped each other out throughout this whole process. You got to understand we were trying to call each other. What do you think about this card? What do you think about that card? Mm -hmm. Then we were moving around. I was getting cards shipped here, getting cards shipped here. So um, to be able to get this done was great. And we, we really appreciate you to get us going with the 10,000. Well, thanks for having me on. I know you have some people to, to thank some sponsors and uh, I know Jimmy helped you in Kentucky and some others. And, uh, yeah, but I'm sorry, I cut you off, Caleb. What were we going to say? Yeah. You know, uh, um, just Jimmy gave us the boost that uh-huh. that's what got us out into the Instagram world. Cause Paul's got a following of Dodgers fans, but not card people. Mm-hmm. I've got card people, but like, you know, five or 600, you know, so mm-hmm. Jimmy's got like 25,000 that really, uh, got got us out yeah. there on the Instagram world, and bottom line is, if these things weren't graded, by, by I mean, Sal, our totals would have been six thousand four hundred this and five thousand one hundred. Yeah. You know, going right? with a bag of raw cards, it was never going to work with the raw cards. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Well, that was terrific. I don't even know how to sign off now. I'm getting sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> what is the grading company again? Just uh, to throw it out there. HGA Hybrid Grading Approach. Yeah. All right, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, because the others, they're not. You're not gonna get your cards graded for years, otherwise, right? 2023, you'll get it back from PSA. That's craziness. That's craziness. What goes yeah. on here? Maybe they should hire more people. But forget, yeah, right? no, mm-hmm. we don't care about them anymore. <laughs> well, thanks for doing it, fellas. And uh, what's the motto? How does it go, Caleb? How do we end it? You, you got the. Uh, you, oh, go ahead. You, all, gems. all your rookie cards. Yeah. Do Be it. Gems. Yeah. All right, fellas. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Sal. <laughs>